welcome to the Glow Journal Podcast, a conversation with the beautiful minds behind the world's biggest beauty brands. I'm your host, beauty writer Gemma Watts, and in this episode, I'm joined by the co-founder and creative director of Resore, Eva Jackson. With a background in fashion, Eva Jackson has always had a fascination with aesthetics. In 2014, she co-founded Harper's Project, one of the country's largest online homeware stores and one of the very first to really capitalise on the power of social media. A few years post-launch, Eva and the Harper's Project team decided to extend their furniture offering into home textiles and began exploring fibre options. It was at this point that they became aware of the amount of bacteria that could be found on our regular face and body towels. So they started to look into new antibacterial options. Resore was launched in 2020 after over two years of product development, bridging the gap between beauty and homewares and featuring a blend of fibres that had never been blended before. Before the brand had even launched, they had secured Rosie Huntington-Whiteley to front their very first campaign and contracted both Rosie and internationally renowned skin specialist Melanie Grant as brand ambassadors. Now, roughly two years in, Resore can be found in the world's very biggest beauty retailers, Mecca locally, as well as Harrods, Bloomingdale's, Poosh and Saks Fifth Avenue internationally. In this conversation, Eva shares her tips on how to decide on the right ambassadors for your brand and how to lock them in, the pros and cons of launching tactile businesses online rather than in a bricks-and-mortar store, and what exactly is living on our regular bath towels. part of both the beauty and home industries now and I know that your background is in fashion but I would love to rewind right back to the very beginning what is your very earliest memory of beauty uh, my earliest memory would probably be my mum using her night cream before bed I always remember it being her last step before bed and always thought mum had this glow about her and automatically I always thought that's definitely because of her night routine. <laughs> so that was sort of something for me. I'm like, when do I have to start doing that? Or when do I get that glow? Um, yes. Yeah, so, and that's something I still, I do now. So I've adapted that one. Yeah. As I've got older. I like that your first memory is kind of around ritual. Cause I feel like that's kind of the thread through everything you're doing now. Yeah, no, exactly. So that was probably the foundation of the importance of skin care for me um, and beauty, yeah. What did you think that you might be when you grew up? So I definitely thought I would be in the fashion or creative industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved clothing, fabrics, event styling. These were all like passions of mine and I lived and breathed them every day. So I was always consume myself um, around, yeah, all those areas and it always made me feel good and, yeah, that was my real passion. 
So you studied fashion design, a different industry to what you're in now, but I still think inextricably linked. But at that time when you were studying, had you pictured yourself running your own business or were you still kind of unsure? Uh, When I was studying, I definitely thought I'd end up designing for a fashion brand initially. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember thinking that I would love to start my own label. However, I never thought I would actually end up starting my own business as I thought that would be too hard, (laughs) Um, which it isn't easy (laughs) starting your own business. But I think it came down to being surrounded by the right people at the right time, which really helped it get off the ground and, yeah, just continued from there. Yeah, with support and as you learnt along things along the way, um, yeah. Let's talk about some of those learnings. So you co-founded your first business, Harper's Project, in 2014. But prior to that, I know you spent quite a lot of time working as a stylist, a creative, you worked as an e-com manager, and that was across a number of like pretty major Australian fashion brands. Your work now spans, I guess, home and beauty But what they have in common with fashion is that they're, of course, all super visual. So I would love to know if there was anything that you learnt during that time when you were in fashion that you find you're still applying to your work now. Um, Personally, for me, it would be being unique to your style and to your product. Um, Stay true to yourself and really get to know your customer and what they love about your brand. Uh, I also learnt obviously a lot about styling. So I carried that through um, into all the photo shoots with our businesses we have today. We'll jump ahead to 2014 when you did co-found Harper's Project. This is one of the country's largest online homeware stores. What led you to that launch? What was the gap in the market that you were looking to fill? Yeah, so Harper's Project, it definitely started from an idea and a discussion around a dining table. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, one of our partners introduced us to a marble specialist around eight years ago now, and we designed our very first round marble dining table with them. Uh, we started specializing in marble only, and this was really sort of the gap um, we filled in the industry. We brought specialized marble pieces to our customers, and our very first stone was a unique Greek stone and was really known for its crisp white colorings and had like beautiful soft sort of gray veins throughout it but it definitely has a really unique look and our customers really noticed that and wanted it in their homes so that was just one yeah probably the key sort of key piece to that whole launch was having that unique sort of marble that no one else was offering in Australia and was that something that you I guess, wanted like in your own home? Is that where that idea came from or did you just have this urge to create something of your own? Yeah, so we were just um, absolutely in love with marble and when we had that um, connection, we thought, oh, let's, yeah, let's try and do a do a dining table um, and see, see how it goes. And we absolutely loved it and we got it our first table we got delivered and we just looked at it and we like oh we have to share this share this with the with the world or with australia because it was just so beautiful and i think that yeah it did come down to finding that unique stone that we hadn't seen before 
Um, and for us, yeah, we just knew as soon as a customer would see it in real life, they would fall in love with it as much as we did. Of course, we are here to talk about Resore, but I do think it's worth spending a bit of time on this, on Harper's Project, because it is a big part of your story. How did you go about physically launching the business? So you'd created this product. You obviously had the right contact. You'd created something beautiful, but then how did you get the word out there? How did you get it off the ground? So we started Harper's Project um, really through Instagram. That's what um, helped us get it off the ground. It was around, yeah, 2014. So Instagram was still a few years old. Um, It was. And I still remember getting our first follower. So... (laughs) We used um, hashtags and quickly sort of started gaining followers with what started as interior inspiration um, mixed with our marble furniture pieces. And, yeah, that's sort of how it just really started growing and um, we really use Instagram as the, the key sort of selling selling tool. What were some of the biggest challenges? You mentioned that running a business can be a bit tricky. What are some of those tricky parts? Definitely. So with furniture, it's definitely product development and logistics always be the challenge. Um, Furniture is really expensive to ship, hard to move around. So we learned a lot about how to deliver furniture, especially marble, um, and package it safely. And product development is always tricky in, um, in any business because uh, we're really strict on making sure our manufacturers specialise in the materials that are used in the products being made. Uh, so it's always a bit of trial and error and getting getting the right sort of partner there. Um, and, for example, our marble is made in a specialist marble-only factory. So, yeah. yeah the logistics of it. Logistics of it, yeah. <laughs> I'll leave it to you. So at what point <laughs> did you begin to think about Resore? Was the idea to move into home textiles in quite a broad sense looking at it as part of homewares or were you looking at it more as part of the beauty space this specific idea for an antibacterial towel so yes it all definitely started with wanting to move into home textiles um with the more we researched we actually realized how saturated the market was Mm. and that's probably what made us want to be unique essentially Mm -hmm. Um, we went and saw one of the world's leading towel manufacturers and I was really pushing that we wanted a more unique offering. So we really started exploring the fibres within a towel. So we wanted the towels to have a purpose, be more sustainable and to also be good for your skin, seeming you're using it every day on your entire body mm. or face. So it sort of made sense to us to just look into that, dive deeper, do a lot of research and see what fibres we can actually use to yeah create that better product for your skin so in as much or as little detail as you wish why an antibacterial towel why should we be replacing our standard towels and face cloths well it wasn't until we started researching the fibers that we started researching towels in depth as well so we looked at how often the average person washed their towel and how much bacteria towels actually had We spoke to so many people that would use their towels um, that were hanging in their bathroom to dry their face after completing their skin routine. So, for example, if you were, they would grab a towel that's been used before or that hands have been wiped on to dry your face after you've completed your skincare routine. 
but you're actually reapplying bacteria onto your face if you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've conducted hundreds of tests and a re- regular towel holds hundreds of millions of bacteria micro colonies, which no one even knows about. So for us, we were like, wow, that's crazy that we, yeah, we don't know how much bacteria is actually sitting on there when you do go to pop a used towel onto your face just because it's quick. But you've actually just cleaned your face completely and then you're adding bacteria on in that last step. It's funny listening to this because this is pre-pandemic as well. I feel like in the last couple of years people care more about like hygiene and bacteria and stuff, but you were this far ahead of it, which is kind of the same with the marble. We see marble you know, popping up a bit more now, but 2014, yeah. we didn't. So the, um, I guess the thread running through here is that you've been ahead of the trend on trend. everything. I know. Look, we could not believe it when a pandemic hit and we had already created this yeah. DAO. So it was just like, wow, now, you know, people are even more conscious about um, bacteria and germs. But, yeah, it was just by chance we had created this product right before it. So how did you go about getting this particular business off the ground? Because I imagine it would come with an entirely new set of challenges compared to what you were already doing. So how did you go about, you know, funding the business, even settling on the name? There are so many different factors. Well, a manufacturer were lucky enough to meet while being in the furniture business. Mm-hmm. And once we created our blend, we came up with the name, but that was a really, really tricky process, um, trying to find a name that wasn't taken uh, in all the countries that you ship to was really hard. Um, we sort of played on the word resort and that's sort of where we came up with Resore. We wanted it to have a relaxing, luxurious sort of resort feel to it. So we sort of elaborated on on those words. Um, then once we designed the packaging, we worked on, worked on how we were going to get our brand out there. Um, that's where we looked at channel partners and ambassadors, yeah, to sort of try and set it up and how long did that process take from coming up with the concept through to it being available um probably took around two years mm-hmm. two years or more um but yeah an average of two years it's oh, a lot of work i know so, it is. <laughs> <laughs> both resore and harper's project are digitally native brands now homewares or furniture and beauty are both industries that are very tactile and once upon a time we really needed those industries to exist in like bricks and mortar spaces so people could come in and touch and feel things and see how it looks in a space. This is obviously not necessarily the case now, but why the decision to launch both businesses online? So we knew the online space really well, uh, so we're confident we're starting there. Um, however, with Resore, we did set out a little differently and wanted it to be represented in stores um, mm-hmm. via our channel pa- partners. Though. So that did have a physical presence in that way so that customers could touch, feel and see it in person. Um, yeah, luckily, luckily enough, we had channel partners that set up so we were able to do that sort of from the beginning. Did launching in that way, having your own website, but then I guess also being through in other retailers did yeah. that present any challenges um for furniture it would um yep. as i love to sit on a couch or sit in person um however with with that we do present 
provide as many details and images and a great you always just have to have a great return policy when it comes to um yeah purchasing online what was the reception to Resolre like on launch i love speaking to founders who are first to market with their product because it can be a bit of a double-edged sword in that it's you know obviously incredible to be the innovator but it also requires a massive amount of consumer education to physically bring customers into the fold were consumers receptive right away or did that take time so we were really blown away with how much a customer and industry loved our product um but it's definitely taken a lot of time and a lot of education and it's still a journey um, of building product awareness and educating everyone on why it is important to use our towel uh, but definitely as soon as we educate and you know fill fill everyone in on it um they are blown away and yeah which is really exciting and we've been really lucky to have um to have everyone on board from the beginning and really really back us and um realize how important it is let's talk a bit about that education component we know why we should be replacing our towels which is a bit scary yeah (laughs) the the towel is antibacterial what is it though that makes it different from ordinary towels and what can it do for the skin you've talked about this blend what is involved so as we touched on earlier um regular towels hold hundreds of million bacteria micro colonies um compared to resore but just by using resore in your skincare routine or on your body you're reducing bacteria growth that causes many of the leading skin concerns such as acne um, my sister was our first trial who saw a massive improvement in her acne prone skin by using it daily in her skin routine um, and if the average person washes their towel every three days, by using Resore, you can safely reuse it, knowing it's not filled with millions of bacteria mm-hmm. colonies. Um, and you can actually save gallons and gallons of water as well by not washing it after one use. Um, so what makes it different is definitely the four fibres. Um, we have a unique blend of fibres that have never been blended before. Uh, not only do they destroy bacteria, but they actually help in so many other skin issues as well. Um, anyone with extreme sensitive skin, skin that inflames, uh, anyone that, you know, we've even had results with where people have found their ingrown hairs on their body. They've seen a massive improvement. Wow. Yeah. So there can be, there's so many benefits um, to using these fibres. Uh, when we did clinical trials, it was so good just to see the improvements in sensitivity, inflammation, acne, and overall, everyone said it enhanced their skin routine experience in the whole process. Uh, So our towel is actually made out of four fibres, which is silverback, lyocell, bamboo, and Aegean long staple cotton. So lyocell and bamboo are great for acne, sensitive skin, hyperallergenic, and moisture wicking. These fibres actually dry the towel faster, which reduce the growth of bacteria. Because they are absorbent, they help remove the dirt and bacteria and product that's sitting on your skin surface, essentially. So, yeah, there's there's a lot. There's a lot it can, um, a lot of definitely pros it can give. So anyone really with skin, you don't even have to have acne, but anyone with sensitivity, it's a real, real must-have 
for me, it comes because I use your towels. It comes back to ritual as well. I like what you've said about it, just enhancing the overall experience. experience. That's absolutely, and I like as well. I didn't realize that. I mean, looking at it now, it makes sense, but I didn't realize resort was part of the um, like the naming side of it because that's what it feels like. It's bringing that kind of resort experience into the home. Yeah, no, and it does. Um, lots of feedback is it also? It is a very soft, mm. soft sort of towel. It's sort of like the perfect combination as well, where it dries. Like it's not too soft, like so so soft that the water it doesn't dry yeah. you. Um, but it sort of, yeah, dries you perfectly and is really like, yeah, has that resort feel to it, essentially. I love it. Part of really achieving brand awareness was bringing Rosie Huntington Whiteley on board as the face of your launch campaign. She, of course, has a huge audience, the majority of whom are avid beauty consumers already. What did that partnership do for your brand? Yeah, so it's it absolutely did establish our brand on a global scale. Um, it allowed us to get the product into channels that we were, like channel partners that we were dreaming of getting into. Um, Rosie's audience definitely helped us build the awareness and also get our brand out there and on the map in the beauty world, um, which is really important with a product like ours as that's where we wanted it to sit. Uh, we also had skin expert Melanie Grant, who was yeah. another person we use to help educate and bring credibility um, to why this product is so important um, in your skin routine. It's a real disruptive sort of product and a new technology. So it does all come down to education and getting that message out there, you know, letting people know and informing them on how it's different to the standard Mm. towel. Yeah. For anyone listening who might be looking to launch something of their own in any category, not limited to beauty, what advice can you offer on choosing an authentic brand ambassador firstly and then secondly physically getting them on board? I imagine it's a tricky sort of thing to sell when you haven't even launched yet. Yeah, so I guess having a vision and product that aligns with that person is the most important part. Um, it needs to be someone in the same industry and you both need to be organically aligned, yeah, naturally with your products and what they're into. Um, it doesn't need to be the person with the biggest audience in the world. Um, they just need to feel passionate and love and believe in your product as much as you do. So that's probably the most important thing because you want it to feel natural and it's so much easier if if it is that way yeah yeah you you were picked up by mecca unbelievably soon after launch what did being backed by a retailer as large and as respected as mecca do for the brand so it definitely allowed us to build credibility um and begin disrupting a white space in the industry uh, we're so grateful for our partners that believed in us from the very beginning and our product. Um, with a partner like Mecca as well in our home country, it really allows us to learn and adapt with them as well. So we're so lucky to have them on board. <laughs> you are also stocked through major, major international beauty retailers like Violet Grey, Saks, Harrods, I could go on. Being based <laughs> in Australia though, how do you go about ensuring 
that your brand message is still communicated really effectively in other regions when you can't physically be there yourself? Obviously, education is a huge part of it, as we've talked about. So how do you make sure that messaging is still coming across? Um, at the start, it was lots and lots of late nights, yep. <laughs> like 3 a.m. <laughs> 3 a.m. calls with, um, with the U.S., uh, <laughs> until we really trained um, local teams on the ground uh, to make sure that they're completely aligned with our message and educated and they help us train our our partners essentially um, and we yeah we work really closely with them every day and before they stock the product as well we make sure that we're completely aligned um, with the product and their teams are educated. You are the brand's creative director and certainly from my perspective as a consumer, you have a really clear aesthetic and both Harper's Project and Resore have a really clear DNA. How do you ensure that you stick to that brand DNA from the outset and avoid pressure to bow to other trends that might pop up on the peripherals? Yeah, so I think just being true to who you are and sticking to your vision um, keeps your brand unique and it really shows through the content and products that you release as well. Like you want people to be able to say, oh, that's that's Resore because it has that certain feel and look to it. Um, the brand is always created true for a customer in mind as well. So you just need to move with the customer rather than the latest trend. So work with them, what they want, what the next next thing is that they need, essentially. You have been a part of the beauty industry. I was going to say since Resore's launch in 2020, but knowing that it was, you know, being conceptualised for the two work. years. Yeah, I'm going to say 2018 <laughs> instead. Over the last couple of years, what have been some of the changes that you've seen within the beauty industry? Definitely the shift um, to clean and sustainable products. Mm -hmm. However, we are looking at the shift differently ourselves. It's not just about the ingredients, but also about functionality. Um, I mean, we've created a product with sustainable fibres, but our towel is also sustainably functional as you can save gallons and gallons of water while it's in use also. Mm. So it's sort of, I think it's about to, yeah, looking at the overall um, functional, functional part of it as well of being sustainable. I think consumers are so savvy now. You can't just create something for the sake of it. It has to be solving a problem. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. You have to look at all aspects um, of of your brand mm. from start to finish. And what changes do you think that we can expect to see over the next few years in the beauty industry? Well, I think people will probably look to be more considered um, with their collections that may be like using less ingredients um, that are more meaningful to either their skin or the environment. My final question, what <laughs> is next for Resore? So we're, we are launching uh, a new towel. Ooh. Yeah, so that would be exciting. Um, so we're wanting to expand sort of the, the colour range but also bring out a new towel that will still be good for your skin but it doesn't have to be for someone that suffers with severe skin 
issue. So we'll sort of have the two different categories for your skin. Um, so that's exciting. And then we'll just continue to also work with skin experts and and educate yeah, the customer on on what we created. That was Eva Jackson, co-founder and creative director of Resore, which you can find on Instagram at Resore Body. To read this interview, you can visit glowjournal.com and for more beauty news, you can find me on Instagram at jemkwatts or at glow.journal. If you liked this episode, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, review and share so other beauty and business lovers can find us. I'm Gemma Watts. You've been listening to the Glow Journal podcast and thank you for joining me.